The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. Welcome to another episode of the Legal Corner Podcast. Colin and Leonardo are unable to be present for today's show, so they've asked me to be the guest host. My name is Danae Larmon. I'm an attorney at law and an author, and I'll be filling in for Colin and Leonardo this week. Our guest today is Darwin Manzano, an attorney at law and corporate secretary with over a decade of experience. He holds a Master's of Law in Commercial and Corporate Law from the University of the West Indies and a Bachelor's of Law from the University of London. Darwin is also certified in Credit Union Development, Leadership and Communication, Technical Skills and Project Management. He currently serves as Corporate Secretary at the University of Trinidad and Tobago and is an Associate Tutor and Course Director for Corporate Practice and Procedure at the Hugh Wooden Law School. Darwin has worked on special projects investigating legal cooperative frameworks and served as a consultant for cooperative needs assessment and policy development in Dominico. Welcome, Darwin. Hello, Neil. Thank you very much. And I'm glad to be here as your guest for today's episode. Great. Thanks. So my first question to you, who is a corporate secretary? Very interesting question, Daniel. A corporate secretary, in my view, well, according to the legislation, is an officer of a company um, clothed with certain responsibilities and duties um, to act on behalf of a company. Great. So how how does one become a corporate secretary? How are they appointed? In the, the appointment of a co- corporate secretary is done um, primarily, uh, the procedure is based in the legislation. Um, the board of directors have that responsibility for appointing the corporate secretary to the company. They are guided by the legislation, which gives some guidelines for public companies. And if I would put from the legislation, we'll speak of a person who they, they, the legislation sets out some qualification that they should have. For example, someone who at held the office of secretary or assistant secretary or deputy secretary of a public company or someone who are who at least three or five years immediately preceding their appointment as secretary held the office of secretary of a public company someone who is a member in good standing in its institute of chartered accountants of Trinidad and Tobago and the association of chartered secretaries and administrators of Trinidad and Tobago or the Chartered Institute of Public Finance and Accounting, also someone who is an attorney at law, or by virtue of holding or having held the office or position, or other positions, sorry, having been a member of anybody which appears to be capable of discharging the function of a secretary of a public company, may be assumed by the directors of a public company to have the requisite knowledge and experience to discharge that function of a secretary or assistant secretary of a company. I say all of that to just reinforce the point that the secretary is appointed by the board. 
and the board must satisfy themselves that that person who is appointed have the requisite skills and experience to carry out the responsibilities of the secretary. Those are some of the examples. For example, a chartered accountant or attorney at law or someone who have held that position before but have had the experience. But the bottom line is that the board must be satisfied that that person who they appoint has the necessary skills and experience, capability, competence, etc., to carry out the duties, the rules, and function of a company secretary. Okay, thank you. So traditionally, what has been the role of the corporate secretary? Traditionally, and I will go back in time, hopefully not too far back, traditionally the role of a a corporate secretary would have been attend meetings, issue correspondence, attend to correspondence that comes to the the company's attention, um, doing certain administrative functions for and on behalf of the company. In a nutshell, it would have been something like do as you're told. So you would have had instructions from the chairman or the company, CEO, to carry out certain functions. So therefore, you act in accordance with those instructions or directions. And that has been traditionally um, what a company secretary or corporate secretary will be doing. Administrative functions, recording, minutes, as I said, attending the correspondence and administrative functions. Okay, so what I'm getting is that it's more than just the regular role of a secretary. They go above and beyond because they have more duties than just a regular secretary. And you are correct, Daniel, is not administrative assistant, which we formally call secretary. There are other obligations that a company secretary has to do. If you read the legislation and every requirement that the company has to fulfill, like the company has to do this, do that, file this return, all of those things are done and fall within the role and function of the corporate secretary as an agent for and on behalf of the company. Okay, great. So what are the obligations under the Companies Act that a corporate secretary has to perform in relation to their usual duties? Well, those that comes at the forefront to me now, it would be the, the, the obligation to file certain documents with the company's registry. That will begin with directors appointment or removal of directors. There's a a notification, a formal notification that is required to be filed in the event that a director is removed or replaced in the sense that new appointments or removal. Similarly to the address of the registered office, there's a compliance form that needs to be completed. You have obligations under the Act to file annual returns of the company on an annual basis, which will be done at the anniversary date of the company. That is a, a requirement that the company has to fulfill and will naturally fall in the duties of the company secretary to me. And if I want to summarize it, the that all those compliance requirements that the company has to fulfill in order to be in compliance, those will fall within the purview of the, the company secretary. So I, I indicated notice of secretary, notice of director. 
officers, if the registered officers change, there's a requirement to notify the registry and, and the relevant form, and that is done by the company secretary. If there's any amendment to the articles, if there are any any of those obligations under the legislation that has to be fulfilled, it will have to be fulfilled by by the secretary. And those are some of the statutory ones. But then you would find there are others in terms of the company bylaws, scheduling shareholders meeting, proxy forms, uh, issuing the notice of meetings, sending out the date to close the register, maintaining a share register, which would be tracking um, the transfer of shares. You have registrar of interests, whereby declaration of interest is lodged with the company secretary as to any interest or conflict that directors may have. And you would also have other public reports that the company secretary would have to maintain and ensure that they are updated. All right, that sounds great. That's putting it in a nutshell. So at this time, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. So when we took, just before we took our break, Darwin was explaining to us the obligations of the corporate secretary under the Companies Act. Now, a question I have for you. How has the role of the corporate secretary evolved in recent years, if there has been any changes at all? Oh, oh yes, Daniel, there have, and there continues to be changes and development. Uh, it's not very recent, but there is a case uh, I refer to as a landmark case, one of the House of Lords case by Lord Denning, um, Panorama Development Limited versus Fidelis Furnishing. Is there he's outlined um, the parameters that the role of the modern sec- company secretary now is far different from what obtained in the past. Um, a company in the past, as I said, it would have been do as you are told. But now the modern role of company secretaries, they are seen as senior executives within a company, um, making key decisions within a company. Some companies refer to them as chief governance officer, chief advisor to the board of directors. So now it's not just administrative. Being a, a company secretary or an officer, and you're equally liable um for actual mission under the legislation and therefore now the responsibility has been expanded not only in compliance and declaration we have an, an resolution and meetings company secretaries now are advisor on protocol parliamentary procedure company secretaries now do orientation of senior executive there are some companies where the company secretary is the lead in strategic planning exercise, onboarding of executive management, execution of legal documents, 
and um, chief negotiator sometimes in international discussions, um, signed the North on, on key documents, agreements, memorandum of understanding, and it goes on and on. Some company secretaries I'm aware of, they are, have also been given the opportunity to act act in position of um, chief executive officers and president because of their knowledge, because of their experience and the information that they are privy to. Because as as the company secretary, you are the gatekeeper between the board and the organization. So that information you have, the organized management may not be privy to and information you have as well, the board will not be privy to. So you are the the, the channel by which the organization flows information upwards and downwards from management to the board, from the board to 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 management and have a balance in effect. So that um performing that role is is critical and hence the legislation went to, to pains to look at some of the qualities, look at some of the criteria for the person who um, they are considering into the position of company. Okay, good. You mentioned something a while ago. You said that companies, corporate secretaries can be liable for acts and omissions. Could you just expound on that for me, please? Because of your role as advisor to the board and um, the, the, the obligation to advise on certain matters, you are within the boardroom, you sit within the precincts of the boardroom unless there is a um, in-camera meeting and the board asks you to be excused. So therefore, if a decision is to be taken and you know that decision is against the law, illegal, or that decision um, was not carefully thought out, or that decision is not in the best interest of the shareholders, the employees, that decision somewhat is taught this time you have an obligation to bring it to the attention of the board. And this is contrary to the legislation. I, I would suggest that we review before making a final decision. The board has an opinion and you feel strongly that this opinion um, misses the point. You can suggest that the board has a second opinion and exercise due diligence or prudence. Uh, a particular matter is about to be determined and you know for a fact within your training, your knowledge and experience, it is not correct, or there is a conflict of interest, there is something against the, the best interests of the company, and you, if you fail to bring that to the attention, to point it out, then in those circumstances, and you are, as an officer, you will be liable, and you can be liable, as we had this, look at this in Tobago, where the company secretary was also part of the action that was filed. So it's not that you are excluded, you are included within the rules. While you're not a member of the board, as an officer, you have a legal obligation to point out, advise and guide accordingly. All right, thank you. So you have first-hand knowledge and first-hand experience as a corporate secretary. What advice would you give to anyone who is interested in this career path? First of all, I would like to say I, w- I would encourage anyone to, to pursue the path. I feel it's very interesting. The law is rich and very diverse and um, static. 
if you want to go this path, I would I would advise that you strongly um, be someone who is meticulous. Someone, well, I think it goes without saying, someone who has integrity. And, um, that you are not easily swayed by things, but you do your job without fear, favor, as the case might be. I was once asked a question, <laughs> I remember some years ago, of if there's a the, the conflict between or issue or standoff between the board and the company, which side I would take? And um, my response was, I would take the company side as opposed to the board or management because I say my first interest is in the interest of the companies. And um, I remember the person in front, why did you say that? I said, no, because that's my first duty and loyalty to the company and I owe it to the company and to the company alone. So getting back to your question, what um, would I advise? I would advise, yes, that you be someone of integrity, stand firm. I would also say that you be someone who has a lot of um, patience be someone who can think critically as well, because at the wardroom, within that confinement of space, you need to be focused. And sometimes you may find yourself tied in or, or um, wrapped into the conversation and forget um, the objective as well. So don't get too much involved in the sense that you are part and parcel and you cannot see the broader picture. Always maintain that perspective within the wardroom. Um, do do your best in terms of um, discharging your responsibility. I hope you are someone who has uh, thick skin because comments and things can be made against you. And if you are soft person, means soft hearted. At every little thing, you you can you know be misled and take it personally. Don't take anything personally. You are there as a professional, act as a professional, carry out your duties in a very professional manner. Don't be personal in terms of taking things personal. And always, always think carefully before you make a decision. You may ask, what is your advice on this and the other? Always think carefully. Reason out before you jump to a conclusion and um, you have to regrets having said that. One of the other things I always um, be guided by is that it's always good to get a second opinion. While you are there and then and you are part of everything, you would never go wrong in saying, listen, let me ask senior legal manager, etc. Because if you are focused on in the heat of everything, sometimes you may not be able to give a clear perspective in terms of what else there is to be um, thought of, what else other um, issues that need to come to the fore. And for that reason, you, you try not to condescend or get into those operations, but stay um, focused. Right. Thank you, Darwin. You've given us a lot to think about, and I'm sure our listeners learned something new. So thank you for stopping by and sharing with us today. And we had a great chat and we hope to see you again soon. Okay, then take, take care and thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. 
For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to the Legal Corner Podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.